Welcome to the Reimagine Teaching Podcast, a podcast for teachers about dreaming a bigger, brighter, better future for teachers and students alike. Um, I am Brittany here on, with another episode, and I have my co-teacher and co-worker, Dottie McAnelly, with me today. Hi! <laughs> so thank you for being willing to um, record with me and talk with me about co-teaching. Super glad that you are free and can find time to do this. <laughs> yeah, I was excited when you asked me. We have the afternoon to just plan and prep and put pieces together, but what more fun way to spend the afternoon than talking about what we want to do? I know. I have a to-do list of things to like get done, and I was like, so I'm going to add to my to-do list, <laughs> have meaningful conversations with coworkers, because that's all I've gotten done today. <laughs> but it's like really important to have that time, too, of like not two minutes between classes, so... Yes. Um, we always start with what's bringing you joy lately, since teaching is such a slog sometimes. Um, so what kinds of things um, are bringing you joy or making you making your day? You know, it's really kind of neat because at this point in the classroom, there's a very comfortable routine with each other. And routine, now that I think about it, isn't the right word. A comfortable relationship that we have with each other. So it's kind of nice because it's this point in the year where students that weren't perhaps comfortable sharing aloud with myself or their classmates um, or even aloud for the group start to come out of their shell a little bit. And so that's really, that's neat to see because in a high school setting, your classroom, from a student perspective, they have seven different spaces that they live in and they uncomfortably don't know and then they grow to know um, and so it's kind of neat to be at this point in the year where they also inject their own personality because they now feel comfortable enough to do that and trust each other and trust the learning space enough to be themselves. So stories about getting jobs because I teach freshmen and sophomores um, half of the day, stories about what they're doing next because I also teach juniors and seniors yeah. half the day, um, all of those really personal things that are in their world all the time. But now they're kind of breaching that point where they feel comfortable sharing it aloud. So yeah. that just makes it a little bit more personal, um, a, a little more, bit warmer space. Yeah. yeah, a little more fun to be like, yes, you can follow up with kids like, oh, hey, how did that thing go? Yes. And yeah. Yes. I um, today I was I really enjoyed our professional development this morning. Yeah. Um, what what aspect of it that did you like so much? We. I, we did actually a podcast episode about professional development. And so one of the things that was cool this morning is we got to choose for part of our day where we yeah. went. Um, and then I like actually having the time to think through and process how I'm teaching and what I could do differently or more clearly um, is I enjoy that, but I yeah. feel like I don't ever have time to do that. Yes. Like my yes. to-do list today <laughs> is like things for next week. Yeah. So to think we have time to think and talk with coworkers about big picture like, how could I set up my grade book and my units differently is fun for me to, like, yeah, kind of do. We also, this is the second time during professional development they've had us do that student, um, yeah, to do that activity where you write what you know about your students. And I, as ESL teachers, because we get to know our kids multiple years in a row, yeah. that's always a fun activity because I just am like, oh, this is literally what I do all day, every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could write a book about some of these kids. So that's yeah. always fun to be like flexing and be like, um, let me, I filled my page already. <laughs> Which is cumbersome and worrisome, Brittany, because I know that even in the room that I was in that was filled with 
a lot of very personal teachers um, that I imagine are personal with their students, and then some teachers that are really more content-driven. Um, you know, some of those those statements about like, I have half of this page filled out. Gosh, I only know things about a few of them. Sadly, even when I looked at mine, I went, man, these four kids or whatever, yeah. it's four out of 20, but that's still a good number that I go, they're just so darn quiet and there's so many needy, loud kids at 210 yeah. every day in my room that I don't have a whole lot on them. Yeah. So I still have two students. I only teach one class by myself every day. And there's two girls that I still cannot keep their names straight. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know anything about them because I can't even remember who's who. <laughs> they look so similar. And they're and, quiet. And they're both quiet. Yeah. And they both have similar attendance. And yeah. so, like, I'll think I finally got it. And then one of them's not there. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So I have assigned seats. And they actually sit in their assigned seats. And I finally was like, oh, it's alphabetical. The one that starts with A is on the left. And the one that starts with K is on the right. So at least now I have, if they're in their seats, I know. <laughs> You've got a mark. But I'm like, usually at this time of year, I've yeah. got it figured out. I still, I will look at one of them and be like, ah, hmm. <laughs> And then I'll, like, whisper a name, and I'm like, nope, that must not have been it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, those two, there's, like, three kids on my list that I was, like, <clears throat> one sleeps all the time. And those two girls, I know quite a bit about them collectively. I just don't know who it belongs <laughs> to. Which story belongs to which human. Yes. It's like, funny. one of them works at this restaurant, but I don't remember who. <laughs> so today we get to talk about co-teaching. Yeah. Um, as both of us have some experience co-teaching. Um, before we jump into kind of the nitty gritty of co-teaching, what is your position here, your classroom look like? Um, so I teach math in high school, which is 9, 10, 11th, and 12th grade, of course. Um, I teach algebra 2 to 9th and 10th graders primarily. I've got a couple of juniors and seniors needing to scoop up a credit or half a credit or whatnot. Um, and then the other half of the day is math applications, which is a class designed to be a third math credit and it takes some of the algebra two topics and applies it to a real life oftentimes a financially driven because that's where we all use math most often as adults um, for example an algebra two topic might be we functions yeah. and so we are now going into a unit on automobiles and specifically we're going to study exponential functions like exponential depreciation which is unfortunately the value of your car as you drive it off a lot so right. um, we frame those higher level math topics that require algebra and geometry beforehand and apply it to functional math that's practical in real life so my day is split between people that are new to high school and still ah, and then <laughs> people that are ready to go from high school and still ah, uh, so <laughs> that's essentially my day. My classroom is mixed, um, mixed gender, mixed grade, mixed age. Um, Brittany, I have the pleasure of you in my room two periods out of a day. Yeah. And a third period I also co-teach with a SPED teacher on the junior-senior math app. So it's a very varied type of classroom, if you would, mm -hmm. um, here at Tremper. Yeah. yeah. And you have some big class. I mean, our class that we teach together yes. is how many... Almost 30 freshmen. <laughs> yes, it's good. And the number is good. And it's amazing. I've been very, very fortunate. And I know that we'll probably get into this later, but I feel like co-teaching is just like 
a spousal or a friendship relationship, you have to gel weather, gel together well, and then also kind of have similar philosophies, and that's how best to achieve success as a partnership and also success for your students because yeah. um, there's so many decisions where we have to kind of trust the other person and not run everything by them. Yeah. And I feel like we quickly develop that. Mm -hmm. And um, the other teacher that I work with also, I would say the yeah. same. So, but anyway, that's another topic for later, <laughs> later in no, the hour. Um, and this is your second year here? Yes. Did you teach high school before this? I did. I actually started, this is a second career. So my first career was in healthcare. I worked up at Freighter Hospital in Milwaukee, um, working right. with heart and lung patients. And the part I liked most was educating them on their disease processes and then their recovery. And then after some reflection, I went, you know what? People do this all the time for a living. <laughs> Let's invest in that. So then I went middle school. So my background is a little bit varied in that regard because I was in middle school, which is a very different type of classroom. Yeah. For any of you that remember being in middle school or currently are teachers of middle school, all the love and patience to you because that takes a lot and a special type of educator. I um, skipped it. Yeah. I taught it. <laughs> Kindergarten through fifth grade. Yes. And skipped middle school. And they offered me, like, do you want to go to middle school or high school? And I was yeah. like, I don't do middle school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> middle schoolers don't do middle school well. Middle schoolers Again, don't do anybody it. anybody that's in middle school knows this. But so all the love and snark aside, but yeah, it's so now. Um, so my last decade was spent at a school that was 612. About a third of it was in middle school and then two thirds in high school. And I think that's a good fit for where I am and what I can offer best to students. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for the, anyone who is not, doesn't have this model, what is co-teaching? What does that look like? What does that mean to you to be co-teaching with someone? So I had no experience with co-teaching prior to being at Tremper High School because my last school was a private school mm -hmm. that did offer services but didn't have to honor at the time, I don't know if now that has changed, but didn't necessarily have to honor IEP requirements. And so then all of those push-in, pull-out models were more so at the teacher's request and if it could be supported using either teachers or high school students that would help younger students, that right. kind of a scenario. So um, my co-teaching experience is limited just to this school and honestly, limited just to you, Brittany, and Kim, and this bad teacher I was talking about. So from what I've seen, if I were to try and define it, and I'm not a, I'm not a concise person, <laughs> I feel like all the details are important. The devil's in the details, right? But the, it is supporting students using a variety of resources including teachers mm -hmm. in a way that one teacher does not appropriately have the time to dedicate yeah and it is a beautiful thing from what i've seen as far as coordinating and organizing the students the classroom and the teachers because honestly you need to have a building that services as many students as tremper or larger as far as student population because you figure there's only one Algebra 1 class that supports Spanish-speaking students. So schedules have to be able to flux around yeah. enough to get that student in that class and also other support classes needed. So yeah. I don't think you could have a co-teaching model in a smaller school that I've seen here, but perhaps yeah. with more creativity. Well, and it depends. Like, technically, co-teaching is there two adults teaching the same content 
Okay. Period. And the models of co-teaching can be pull-out services are technically considered co-teaching. Oh. If they're still doing the same content. Yes. Um, Or, like, if I was to literally just be, like, half this class is mine and I'm going to go teach them the same thing you're teaching at the same time. Yeah. That would be considered co-teaching. Typically, in our district, because I've been here five years now, um, co-teaching looks more like push-in. Where you are in the classroom with the lead teacher. Part of that is just for the, especially at the high school, and I've had this conversation with a couple people. I don't have a math degree. Yeah. So algebra one, fine. I can probably teach it fine. Math apps, when you were doing, we were doing interest rates, and I'm like telling the kids, like, Shh, I need to take notes. <laughs> like, I don't know the content. I'm not an expert in this content area. I have an English literature degree. <laughs> and now I do geometry and algebra two as well. And I'm like, the kids are like, how do I do this? And I'm like, one second. I need to solve it, and then I can help you. Um, And so, you know, that kind of thing, it's hard to do effective, like, pull out or separate setting co-teaching because they both, you would both have to be an expert in the content. At the high school, that's a lot to ask of for someone who also has a special ed degree or an ESL degree. Um, And so, yeah. And typically, it was kind of a joke, typically people who are, uh, have an ESL degree are language people and don't want a math degree because yes. that's not where yes. their strengths are. <laughs> We're talking about trying to find a sub for my maternity leave. And I was like, if you know a bilingual math teacher, <laughs> but again, people who lean towards learning languages tend to not lean towards math at the same time. Um, yeah, but those co-teaching models can be, it's really varied. Like I said, in this district though, we tend to do more push in or at least the teacher is there to support the whole group instruction, and if they do pull small groups, which we've done before, it's yeah. during independent work time or whatever. And here at Trimper, we our goal is to have all of our core classes co-taught. Okay. So, which is how I ended up in the math department. Yeah. So the kids require, like you said, they require three years of math. And we offer two options for year three. So I co-teach each of those four. So oh. I have freshmen, sophomores, the freshman math, sophomore math, and both of the junior math classes are the four classes I co-teach. We have all four English classes, freshman freshman through senior are co-taught. We have four science classes that are co-taught and three or four history classes as well. So that those four core subject areas are covered by co-teachers, our students get support in them, which is really cool for our students that really need support, they could, like I have been thinking of a couple kids who will need ESL support all through high school. Mm-hmm. All their core classes will be covered. Mm-hmm. So we don't do electives just because there's not enough time in our schedules. But, <laughs> um, and I think it's cool too for the classroom teachers to see how, like when you're in the classroom and supporting to see like, you and I have talked about this before, like, oh, you wrote Rise Over Run. Can you draw some arrows to show, you know, for my ESL students who don't speak English or read English, what yeah. we mean when we say rise, what we mean when we say run. And for the classroom teachers to be like, oh, of course, that's a super easy accommodation to add yes. that you don't think about because that's not your content area. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. What is the, like, and we've already talked about it a little bit, what... 
is the advantage for you as a teacher of having a co-teacher? Like, why is that necessary, do you think, or beneficial? Oh, I can't imagine doing the classes that I have a co-teacher <laughs> in. I cannot imagine doing it alone because the students that are needing those supports, the one-on-one -on -one or the small group, just wouldn't get it. Yeah. Or the other faction of the population just wouldn't get what they needed. So it's like too much need for one teacher at one time. Yeah. And it's just, it's fantastic when it can work out that, because I do, I do think that it would be a challenging situation. I think if the, the lead teacher and the co-teacher didn't work well together, but also I think it would also be, um, I guess a little challenging for you, Brittany, or any of the other teachers pushing into a room because you have to make it a space for all the students, but also be supportive of the, the like the, I'm putting lead teacher in air quotes right yeah. now, the lead teacher, because teachers get very, um, it's their personal space and they like yeah. doing it how they like doing it. And I could see seasoned teachers, I've heard seasoned teachers talk about not wanting even anybody in their room, let alone right. supporting in their room. So right. um, it's it's like a tenuous line to walk, I would imagine, in some spaces. But for me, and, and this is now, so what, it's been six classes worth of co-teaching in the last two years. I can't imagine not having that yeah. for the students. So Yeah, there's definitely yeah. been one of the struggles I had as an elementary ESL teacher was the... Um, the struggle, the territorialism yes. of yeah. some of the elementary teachers. My classroom, my space. Yes. My um, time, my... And elementary is so different. I was talking... Oh, one of my friends now is at an elementary school as a speech therapist. And she's like, I love when teachers say, we're going to do reading at 10.15. And then at 10.15, they're taking their kids to recess instead. <laughs> like, well, I was going to come do minutes, but I guess not. Yeah. And I... I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I switched to high school, because you can't ignore the bell. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Um, but that, yeah, like, when you step into some classrooms, it's very like, well, here's how my classroom is run. Here's where you can sit, and here's what you can do. Yeah. And if students need other things, it's really, there's been classrooms where, as a teacher, I feel like a kid, where I have to, like, raise my hand yeah. and be like, hey, is it okay if we... <laughs> Use yes. the manipulatives for this. Yeah, they're in the drawer over there. Clean them up when you're done. Okay, thank you. Like, <laughs> and part of that, too, I still, in most settings, am the youngest teacher in the room. Oh. So that's part of it, too, to be yeah. like, I still have this, like, hey, I know I'm new <laughs> here, but, like, but on the other hand, I was like, well, no, I also know what my students need. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one thing that was really hard at the elementary level. At the high school... I feel like it's more of an expectation that you'll have extra people in your room. A lot of teachers, the previous school I taught at, I'm in a different district when I taught high school, a lot of the teachers shared classrooms. Oh. So there was, it was very hard to be territorial yeah. because, you know, four English teachers had three rooms between them. And so okay. it wasn't really your space. Yes. It was a department space. And that helped a little bit to be like, yeah. well, it's also not your room. We're both just here right now. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there have been, it can be really difficult. I think what's difficult too is as a classroom teacher or content area teacher, you don't always get the choice whether you co-teach or not. Oh. So there is some tension of like, 
hey, by the way, you're going to be co-teaching next year with the ESL teacher. Good luck. <laughs> yes, if they didn't want that in the first place. Right. I see what you're saying. And so this is very awkward, like, nice to meet you. <laughs> We're going to work together all year, and I hope that it's not horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you don't want me here, but <laughs> right. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, for some teachers, there's a lot of anxiety of, like, they know if they have a co-teacher, that means they have a high population of students with different needs, and yeah. they might not feel equipped for that. Yeah. Um. And that can be just, just that can be stress inducing of like, yeah, I don't want to co-teach because I know that means a different population than I'm used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the end. Which is yeah. true. Um, and then I've had teachers who were like, I love having co-teachers. Now that you're here, I'm going to go make copies for 30 minutes. <laughs> it is like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. <laughs> Although the copying I'm so guilty of because they're, well, inevitably no. it ends up that... For whatever reason, either some person shows up and their agilastic isn't working or the variety of things. And having a co-teacher is very nice for that. The other right. day, Brittany and I were doing a lesson on, um, without getting into the math of things, it was something that required a piece of foundation that oh, I... Oh, it was just like, an, like yeah. an assumed knowledge or assumed the Multiplication table. Yes, yes. And I was like, we need that printed. Yes, and it was wonderful because she said, we need it printed. Printed it off, grabbed it. All the kids used it. Even some of the ESL students used it. Right. It's like, oh, this was wonderful. Yeah. Because <laughs> the coverage down to the far end of the building. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's part of what I love about co-teaching. Because there's also, on the same, there's a lot of ESL teachers who don't like co-teaching. Oh. Like, I know how to teach ESL. And so I'm just, like, I don't want to work with other adults. I just want to do language piece and pull kids out and do a more intimate small group instruction setting, um, which is kind of like for, well, not here at the high school, my class is 20 kids. But at the elementary, that's what I did. I pulled small groups yeah. and we did intensive reading instruction and it's always super fun and cozy. And I literally taught in a closet, so <laughs> I had to like, be cozy. But um, there's also ESL teachers who are like, you know, I don't want to have to push in to a classroom yeah. and and the one class, we both the classes we have together, but the one especially, the juniors we have, you know, when I walk in and I walk in, well, now I walk in late because I'm pregnant and can't <laughs> get down the hallway. And everyone's like, good morning! Yeah. Oh, and like, yeah. even the kids who are not mine. Yeah. And so for some ESL teachers, they're like, I don't want to interact with that many students. Oh, Or be, you know, there's going to be kids who ask me questions that are not on my caseload. Yeah, yes. Know? And to manage that, like, we have a couple who are always like, Hey, can I come with you? No, you don't. <laughs> you're not on, you know, my list yeah. to help. You don't need my help. Yeah. Like you have a couch in your room, though. I know, but. <laughs> um. So for ESL teachers, sometimes that can feel awkward too to be like, yeah, I would rather just that. do my job. Yeah. And not co-teach. Um. I have always loved co-teaching, and part of that goes back to what I was saying about PD this morning because I love having the opportunity to collaborate with coworkers. Mm -hmm. And co-teaching is such a natural space for that. Um, so my like my ESL class right now, the students really struggle with reading comprehension. And so I was able to, my first year teaching, I co-taught an English class, a freshman English class. And I was actually able to pull some of the resources we used then and do it with my class now, which I would have never known about this program for annotation if I hadn't had the chance to co-teach. It wasn't mm -hmm. part of my regular curriculum. 
same for, you know, any of the math stuff we do mm-hmm. to say, oh, I get to think about how do we teach basic algebra skills to, you know, kids who have no concept of abstract <laughs> math and thinking. Yeah. So let's, you know, we're doing like variables and I'm like, okay, if I have three markers, like, and I take two away, how many do I have? One, one what? Marker. Yeah. So on your paper, you have to write one M. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because you, you can't just ignore what we were talking about. Um, that kind of, for me, that kind of creative thinking of like, here's what the goal is and how do I get there? Um, I, I love doing, my dad's an engineer, so that's like his whole job and our whole like <laughs> upbringing is like, how do we do things more efficiently, more effectively and problem solve everything? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's always been super fun to co-teach um, even when I've been in situations where I haven't enjoyed the, <laughs> that teacher yeah. that in general, co-teaching has always been really fun for me. Um, there are though, and you mentioned some of them at the beginning, some things that have to be established so that a co-teaching partnership can work. What were some of the things that you had already mentioned? Uh, you know, because I had shared that the two co-teachers that I've worked with in the model here at Tremper have gone really well. I guess I could speak to that <laughs> and then assume that it wouldn't work well if you didn't have that. Like, yeah. For example, like <laughs> when, that, when I asked you to do the podcast, yeah. you're like, I've only had amazing experiences, so I only have the positive. Yes. Like, yes, I can assume yes. without this, it would fall apart. <laughs> but um, I know last year, I, I mean, I guess I would have been guilty of being that teacher that you described about like, not necessarily wanting someone else in my space. And a lot of it was just like a confidence piece, like, oh, I don't want them, like someone else in the space, judging how I'm doing things Mm -hmm. or not doing things or what I'm able to do or not do. Or for me, I like noise and I like activity. So my room is typically less of a typical math room just because of my own personality set that I would prefer students engaging with each other and even if they're being chatty inside conversations at times, at least they're engaging with the classroom as opposed to seated and silent, which often means I don't know what's going on. I don't care what's going on. I'd rather be anywhere else and I'm not thinking about what you're saying, but look at me, I'm quiet. Do you right. know what I mean? So um, I think that's always been like a personal, like something that I was always kind of self-conscious about. So I know that yeah. last year I didn't work with Brittany. Brittany worked with another teacher here. But last year when I worked just with Miss. She was Miss Wu, and now she's Miss Sang, but she got married in the middle of the year. Um, but when I worked with her, I got over that quickly, and I think it was just how she was very warm and accepting, and I never, so then I never felt judged or um, self-conscious about decisions I made as an educator. Yeah. So then I guess if that was my biggest concern, because the rest of it I thought, well, I know what I'm doing content-wise, and yeah. we know how to build relationships, once I got past that insecurity in myself, um, I think the rest of it just flowed very comfortably. But I would imagine that that may be the case with others. Like you have to get over whatever your preconceived notions are that someone else is thinking of you in the room and yeah. just get down to, are you both here to do what's good for kids? Which she and I both were and Brittany and I both are. Do you have open communication? Are you comfortable like when um, we'll be in the middle of a lesson or whatnot, and Brittany will pop up and she'll write something on the sideboard or on the um, the Promethean board, 
and that kind of like the back and forth that also supports the students that we're both just good with. Like she's comfortable doing that and there is no awkward, Miss Matt, can I write something up there? She just knows to pop up there because yeah. that's what's good for kids. So yeah. um, I think if those elements are in place, then you're good. Yeah. It's um, hard too for, as as the ESL support person, um, and I have, since starting my teaching career, have been looking for resources. How, how do I address adults that I work with about concerns. Mm -hmm. um, and I've talked to instructional coaches at every single building I've worked at. Yeah. Like, can I take a training on how to be an instructional coach? Not because I want to be an instructional coach, but because yeah. that's part of my job yeah. is to coach classroom teachers about, hey, so <laughs> I feel like kids didn't really get that lesson. How can we, you know, do we have time to reteach it? Could we do X, Y, or Z? without being like, that went horribly and we need to, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yes. for me, and like I said, part of it is my confidence of being a younger teacher. The teacher I worked with last year retired yeah. at the end of the year. And so like, how cool to work with someone with so much experience, but it was so intimidating to yes. be like, none of them got it. <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't know why. And I was like, okay, I also am not a math person. So <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> but that... That is really hard for, and I was telling someone else, like, nowhere in my training on how to be a teacher or how to do ESL, even though co-teaching is a pretty standard model, I never took a class about how to co-teach yeah. and how to, like, talk to another adult about yeah. things. Like, and there are teachers, like, you know, with most of my ESL staff that I've worked with, because we have such a great relationship, I can be very, you know, honest and be like, hey... You keep doing X, Y, and Z, and it's not going to work well for our department. Can we? And we, like, can do that. But some of my co-teachers, if I we only have one-on-one -on -one conversations once a month, yeah. and I don't, how do I say that with, you know, gently, but sincerely and yeah. effectively? Effectively. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. And I've asked instructional coaches, and they're like, uh, yeah, that's hard. And I'm like, I yeah. know. <laughs> that's why I'm asking for Those help. soft skills, right? Yeah, yeah, which is so much of being a support staff that is wild to me that we don't talk to college students about it. Like, yeah. you have to learn how to, you know, kind of play the game and have some empathy and charisma to, like, approach these conversations with, you know, this is important let me hear your side of it kind of stuff. But so important. There was a point, I don't remember it was, I feel like it was maybe in December, where something about how I was numbering, I was putting a number and then a decimal, or a, a number oh, and then a period. And you were numbering were interpreting the it as a decimal. <laughs> yes. And she's like, Daddy, the kids, especially the ESL kids that I'm working with, and I was like, frankly, it's probably more than just ESL kids. And she pointed that out. And it is something that I'm conscious of now when I write content, whether it's bulleted notes or questions yeah. that I'm working with, that I make sure to do that end um, parenthesis yeah. just to denote, like, this is not one point anything. This is number one, one in the homework set. Yes. Yes. Or whatnot. And things like that that... I could easily see any teacher that wasn't open to co-teaching be like, I'm going to do it how I'm going to do it, and they're going to learn how I'm going to. Right. And that's not at all the mindset that you want right. to have. So. No. And as far as working with other teachers, 
what you said about us being here for the students is so crucial. There's a quote by Brene Brown that says, she says, um, all I know is my life is better when I assume that everyone else is doing their best. Yeah. Um, and so for me, with some of the co-teaching I've done that was really difficult, um, that has always been helpful for me to reframe and at least survive those yeah. experiences yeah. to say, <laughs> they also are doing what they think is best for students. Yes. Even yeah. if we don't agree about what that is. And so, like I said, I survived those. I wouldn't say th <laughs> thrive. Um, yeah, I think as, as an ESL teacher, the thing that I struggled with the most when I struggled with co-teaching was just the communication piece. Yeah. Um, and it can be really hard. Like you said, it's really hard for classroom teachers to let someone else into their space. Mm -hmm. And... Like you said, it does feel like a marriage. Like, <laughs> you have to be communicating all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can't assume that the other person knows anything <laughs> the first yeah. time you tell them. Yeah. You know, how many times do I have to text my husband? <laughs> we have plans this weekend. We have plans this weekend. We still have plans this weekend. <laughs> but the, the co-teaching partnerships I had that I struggled with the most were ones where I had to seek out lesson plans. Like, I, I was like, At, what are we doing? <laughs> And I had one co-teacher who was like, she only did lesson plans on paper. And so oh. she was like, oh, well, you can come grab my lesson plan book anytime. I was like, I don't, you're one of six teachers I work with. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you know, and then I would come and she'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't do those plans yet. Oh, well, can you, can you tell me when they're done? And I can, and that communication piece, or like I said, with the elementary, like I show up to get kids and they're not in their class. And I'm like, so... <laughs> And she'll be like, well, you didn't pull kids yesterday. I'm like, where were you? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I took them outside to read. How would I have known that? Yeah. And communication also being two-way. So some of those partnerships I had then were, you know, if you would ask the other person, we had great communication because they would tell me all the time how I wasn't doing my job. Oh. And I yeah. was like, thank you. <laughs> Also, and then they were like, I have to go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> good talk. <laughs> right. Good job. Glad you were here. I don't know that I needed to be here for this. <laughs> that communication piece of, you know, not only content, but student-related stuff to say, you know, we have to be on the same page. And like you said, that trust of, you know, what was, oh, we had an incident, an incident this week. It's still funny. Not funny. <laughs> These kids were arguing. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, just, your mama was involved. Yes. I probably can't say any more than that. No, no. But it was just your insults about each other's mother. <laughs> we were like, you guys are 17. We expect more mature banter. I don't know. Um, but that both of us, you know, we didn't have to tell each other like, Hey, I need you to help. Like, no, obviously like you physically stood. I mean, yeah. the kids weren't close to each other, <laughs> but you physically stood between them and put your mom voice on. Yeah. And I like escorted one kid very gently <laughs> out of the room and and then the follow-up of you know hey one of us has to email the dean well we both will and we'll both give an account okay great yeah. and that you know we were on the same page and trust that the other person is gonna do what needs to happen in that situation and is not you know I've worked with co-teachers who escalate situations yes. where I'm like... That's where I, when I made the comment about the same philosophy is really beneficial. And yeah. for like the scenario that we're talking about, and I, I, I know exactly when there are any situations with students, there are directions you can take it. You can 
and it not it's not like one is wrong or right but if you're coming from the same space and you have the same goal with the yeah. situation we talked about our goal without even saying it was to de-escalate, dissipate, right. and go on. Right. And if a dean feels it's warranting to follow up, they can. Right. If not, they were just notified, be on, be aware, that kind of a thing. Um, but it was an unspoken agreement that then we both made moves in that direction yeah. as opposed to escalating and then punitive action, which has its place as well. Um, yeah. But that makes it easier because we we're both going in that direction. Yeah. And that is just one example. And yeah. And it's multiple. hard. <laughs> it's hard if either party differs on that. So yeah. I've worked with co-teachers where my co-teacher was one who typically escalated situations. So then a lot of my job was de-escalating students <laughs> after the, the teacher escalated them, yeah. which is not fun for me. I don't want to spend my whole day de-escalating kids. Um, but I've also seen partnerships where the support teacher in one class, the SPED teacher was the one who typically escalated the students. Yeah. And so, you know, this, that teacher's supposed to come in and help, except every time they come in and help, the kid is more agitated <laughs> at the end of it. And the classroom teacher was like, I know legally I have to, like, let them in here to support <laughs> the kids, but it makes everything worse. Yeah. Um, and when you're not on the same page or you or you just can't have honest conversations about hey, can we try something else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and part of, like, when I said, when you're just assigned a co-teacher, that's so hard. Like, there's not, I don't have an interview sheet that I can send, you know, at the start of the year. We're going to be working together. What would you do in these situations to yeah. see if we're a good fit? Admin doesn't care no. <laughs> Yes. if we're going to be a good fit or not. Um, which also makes it hard than when, we were talking about this earlier this year, the, co uh, the other ESL teachers and I. When you find someone that you're a good go teacher with, oftentimes they will take the ESL teacher and put them with a brand new teacher so that the brand new first year teacher has some extra support. Oh, okay. But it's hard on the teachers and on the kids, too, to be like, I'm also working with this person I've never worked with. Yeah. And we have to figure out how we are going to teach together. Yeah. And they're a first-year teacher and don't even know what they're doing yet. Yeah. Or how they're interacting with students. It's like a third element to worry about. Right. One. Yeah. But it's very common, like, instead of having... that, That's a form of support for first-year teachers. Oh, that's interesting. Is to, like, give them a supported yeah. ESL yeah. or SPED class, which isn't always the most beneficial because, yeah. like I said, and I can't just give, like, a, a paper form to be like, what would you do in this situation? It's actually harder, I would think. Yeah. Because a seasoned teacher can adjust and adapt to another personality, even if it's a support person. Yeah. I think that would be much harder. And that confidence piece that I talked about, that insecurity, oh is like gosh. raging in a new teacher. I and they want to be free to make mistakes because that's how you learn. I can't imagine no. having no someone push into my class. Like I said, I did co-teach when I first started teaching, but I was not <laughs> the lead teacher, so I could be like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> um, and worked with a seasoned teacher, so at least one of us knew what was going on. Um, yeah, that, that communication piece, though, is so crucial. I think one of the challenges for anybody who's co-teaching is just the time to do that. <laughs> I mean, we talked, like, we talk between classes? Yeah. Uh, or over text message? Like, yeah. <laughs> and there's been a couple of times this week where I'm like, 
I just text you and you'd be like, <laughs> you know, we need to talk about a student, like it's share information about a student. I'm not going to shout it out across the class. In the class. That's been funny. Um, like passing notes when you're in high school. Right. But like relevant and appropriate stuff. Right. Not like it's not in high school. But no, yeah. well, like I escorted a student out to the dean's office yes. and I didn't need to announce to her all of the class that yes. she was leaving and why. Yeah. But I wanted you to know. Yes. Like, yes. She won't be coming back. <laughs> So, yeah, that is is so crucial. Um, but just finding the time for it. When I when I first co-taught um, in Iowa City and I co-taught for English 9, we actually had, we had two sections of freshman English because so many upperclassmen had failed it the first time. Oh. Um, and we didn't have as significant of a credit recovery program. Mm -hmm. So we had two full classes of only ESL students in our freshman English classes oh. <laughs> and they were entirely ESL, yes. entirely co-taught. Um, and I got to work with one of the veteran teachers there. And because it was my first year co-teaching and because like that's going to look very different than any other class happening, we they made sure we had the same prep time. And so we were able to prep together. I mean, we could have prepped together five yeah. days a week. We didn't. But at least once or two, twice a week, we could actually sit down and say, okay, let's look at the data from our Pear Deck, our formatives this week. These kids didn't do well. Why didn't they do well? What do we need to do? Yeah. And then could actually plan her from the English perspective. Well, here's some ways we've retaught this in the past. And me from the ESL perspective to say, oh, yeah, I think if we, you know, did this ESL yeah. strategy... And we can come up with stuff and plan stuff together. And it was the most fun class I taught all day, those two sections. Oh. To say, and to say, like, you know, the kids are like, oh, we hear a lot from our students now, like, oh, this teacher just doesn't, you know, when you're not here, I don't understand anything that's going on. But whether I was there or she was there, we were bo like, we both knew the same information. Had, I mean, we literally planned this together. So it's not one or the other. Yeah. Um, and I, the end of my time there, because I'm from Kenosha, and was like, I have to move back home, and I cried. Because <laughs> I was like, could you just, my whole, the English teacher I co-taught with and my ESL department was like, will you all just move back with me? And they were like, no. <laughs> but thanks for asking. <laughs> I know. But that, like, I had built relationships, and it was so effective that I was like, I'm never going to find a co-teacher like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but admin does such a great job making sure that that was effective for us. Yeah. Because we did co-teach, or we did plan together. We did have time to talk together. Again, we didn't have to meet every day. But if something happened in class, we'd be like, so prep today, we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So it was very intentional on behalf of the scheduling piece. Yeah. To say, yeah. you know, you're teaching. And, and because we had two sections of it, like you're teaching two sections together. Yeah. So you probably want some time to talk about those sections. Yeah. I'm the only ESL teacher in our building right now who teaches multiple sections with the same teacher. So I do two sections with you and two yep. sections with another math teacher. And okay. I, so I only have two co-teachers. Everyone else in the ESL department right now has three or four co-teachers. Oh, so then they don't have like the rapport because that was the same with that other teacher I was talking about or talking about from last year. Because that helps when you spend more than one period because you right. get to know the flavor of how they present things, how how you mesh well together. Right. It's building that rapport. 
And how do you... Oh, how hard is that? I mean, if you and I had the same... Well, and the other teacher I work with, we do have the same prep. Yeah. And if we want to sit down and prep, we could prep for both our classes and talk about it. If you have four teachers that you no. co-teach with, you can't... No. I mean, that's a prep a day with each yeah. teacher. And then good luck getting yeah. your own grading done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and part of that is just program size and course availability and all that. Um, but I think from the point of from the administrative and scheduling perspective to say like, hey, this if we want these co-teaching partnerships to be effective, you have to set time aside for yeah. it to work. Yeah. So one way we've been trying to do that is here is we're more, we are departmentalized. So I'm only in the math department. Yeah. So at least I, you know, I only co-teach with the two of you, but I see, um, you know, all the math teachers are in the hallway greeting students. So I get to know them, you know, their personalities a little bit. Yeah. And kind of get to know all the math teachers a little bit. Yeah. My other coworker only does the science classes. So she teaches with four different science teachers, but at least she's only in that department. Yeah. yeah. And gets to know, like, how the department runs a little bit. Um, whereas being split across all the departments, then it really is hard, you know, to go from this department runs like this, but this department runs like this. Yeah. And, you know, this department gives their quizzes on this <laughs> website. This department gives their quizzes on paper. Yeah. And this department never gives quizzes. We just, you know, sing and hold hands. Like, <laughs> great. Okay, cool. I'm, and there's, being an ESL teacher, a lot of it is being flexible all the time, but it helps when you can be. There's not so much flexibility. Flexibility <laughs> with consistency. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you think has made your co-teaching experiences really effective? Honestly, that biggest piece of like meshing with the meshing with that other person. But I do. I hadn't thought about it until you made that comment. I do think that the fact that we have more than one class together supports mm -hmm. that but also and this isn't like trying to blow up your ego or anything because you do need to be able to leave here and walk <laughs> out the door without a, a swollen cabeza but I just it's um I feel like an ESL teacher has to go a hundred yards further than any classroom instructor they are never in the same physical location they're never comfortable because they don't have that this is my space. This is my presence. You all meld to me, whereas a classroom teacher can certainly do that. Mm -hmm. um, you are constantly on it, whereas there are some times where it's very appropriate for me to provide practice pieces and the students to, oh, I can't think of what the term is. I don't know if it's a district term or an education term. Productive struggle. And oh, the students yeah. to productive struggle their way through it. And at this point in the year, I have my desks are often in pods. Um, no pod has their back to the to the front of the room, which is an important element of pods. I feel, and it sadly <laughs> took me so many years of teaching to realize, like, if you just arrange the desks a certain way, the worst thing is about pods, which is basically their kids kids with their back to you when there's any direct instruction goes away. It wasn't that <laughs> big a deal, but for me, it was monumental. Um, but in either case, that that piece where there are some times where I kind of step away and then, you know, we'll call out or circulate and then return to a, a space where the students know they can find me. Depends on the class. For some classes, it's here up at my desk. For some classes, I like to sit in the back just because there's like groups of students that might need um, adult presence there. 
But for whatever the reason or whatever the case may be, there are times where I am not having to be 110% on mm. with different kids shooting things at me for every minute of the day. I feel like every minute of the day I see Brittany, she has students shooting things <laughs> at her because to get to that productive struggle, to get to that layer of where they're thinking as mathematicians, they need her support in the language acquisition yeah, or the language application, if you will. Um, I'm not sure which verb here. So that piece, I just marvel at that. I'm like, dang, does this girl ever get tired? <laughs> and she's got two people depending on her right now physically. Right. But, and I would imagine that other teachers working at the same level, um, if, if they are providing the same level of ESL support, would probably be experiencing the same um, that always on it, always being, yeah. there is no downtime, period. Yeah. Um, well, and I, period. I appreciate, though, that you see that because I did work with a teacher where I was just telling somebody, I had a student who was at the elementary level, but he was incredibly immature mm -hmm. for his age. And so, you know, okay, here's the math worksheet. And I would have a couple kids working with me and... You know, we're doing multiplication using, you know, boxes. And so I have to show them how to divide it up, whatever. It was the, the Bridges curriculum, which yes. implementing that for the first time in fourth grade is impossible. Well, because they wouldn't have had... My kids are at a district school, and I can't yeah. imagine. I've said that so many times. I'm so glad that you got your mama's <laughs> and dad's number brain, because if not, that would be an incredibly challenging Right, and it's supposed to... It's supposed to <laughs> and it's supposed to be like a building. It's supposed like you to get build it on a kindergartner it. And then you, but yes. the district was like, everyone's going to do it at once, and all of my and, students were like, what? Yes, I can't imagine that. Um, I never thought about that, because mine were really oh little. Oh, my gosh. They so, were, I mean, it's cool, and there's a lot, but anyway. So, but my kids struggled with it, so we would have to do, you know, examples and examples and examples, and do, you know, the basic stuff they should have done prior if they'd been doing this curriculum, and... I had one kid who was literally scribbling holes into his paper. Aww. Like, just scribbling. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you another one. Can we put your name on it? And these are like 10, 11-year-olds who, you know, you, you know better than to just yeah. rip holes in your paper. So I get him another one. Can you put your name on it? And he would just scribble. And so finally I was like, when you're ready to learn, I'll come back and help you. And I walked away. Because um, that's not... You know, that's not the support. Like, that's not language <laughs> support. I don't know how, but I don't know what's going on here. Um, and so I helped a couple other kids, and he literally just, I think at one point, climbed under the table and kept scribbling. And oh. then they all went to leave for lunch, and in front of the whole class, my co-teacher yelled at me for not supporting the student. Oh. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like you said, I yeah. am on and trying yeah. and, you know, Everything yes. short of literally putting on a show, yeah, there is a point where the kid has to meet you any part of the way. Yeah, and, yeah. Like he couldn't even put his name on his paper. Yeah, um, and there is like one of the things I appreciate about being with the same teachers is same with our students. Like you know, when a student comes in and they have their head down, and you're like, oh come on, you know, it's just a fifty minute class. It's yeah. like, for the sixth time today, yes. <laughs> it's a 50-minute yes. class for the sixth time today. Yeah. Um, when you're in so many different classes, a lot of times it can look like that. Like, well, this teacher, you know, the ESL teacher just kind of sits there. There's times, and usually I try to communicate, like, 
yeah, our our ESL kids got in a huge fight this morning, and a couple yeah. of kids were suspended, and my coworkers had to go translate. Like emotionally, <laughs> I'm done for the day. Yeah. So like, give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but when you only see that person, that teacher for 45 minutes, and you're like, you know, they weren't at all engaged or helping kids, and it's yeah. like. Well, yeah, I've already had a day yeah. before I came in here. Yeah, just like our students do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, it can be sometimes that not even, I would say empathy piece, not that you're unempathetic, but just the empathy piece of like, oh, yeah, no, you have also been here all day dealing yeah. with kids. And yeah, um, well, there's a discussion right now about our prep time and our lunch time. And like, you know, there's days or weeks when I am with students all day long because our kids yeah. need support and if it happens during my lunch or my prep where I will get home and be like I don't think I've been and I share a classroom so I'm like yeah. I don't think I've been alone at work <laughs> except to pee all yeah. week <laughs> yeah that's a lot like yeah it's very now being pregnant people are like when you have kids you you're gonna learn you're never by yourself and I was like so my already my, there yeah <laughs> My, my job. Okay. <laughs> like, even when you go to the bathroom, I'm like, well, I have two cats at home who cry at the door when I try to shut it on them. So, again, already there. Um, no, so I appreciate that you see that because, like I said, when you only see, you know, another teacher for 45 minutes, it can be really easy to be like, well, when I see them, they're only ever doing blank or they're yeah. not ever. And it's like, yeah. well, they've also had a full day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, 110% um, every time I see you. And in the hallway, they hunt her down. In the hallway. Oh, my gosh. What the drama or the this, that, and the other thing. Yes. yes. There's been a couple Brittany times. like never alone in the hallway either. Yeah. No, when you, like, if the door's open, there'll be kids who be like, hey, Miss Lang, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I go in the hallway, I'm like, what? And they're like, can we have some ramen noodles? No. Go to class. <laughs> no. We're good. It is fun, too, I think. Like we always say, you know, the best part of teaching is the kids. It is fun, though, like when you get to co-teach and you co-teach with adults. Yes. That you enjoy being around. <laughs> like, Yes. Those times where you look around, you're like, I am so glad I am not the only somewhat sane over 18 person experiencing this right now. Like the Your Mama fight. Like and we were like, like, we finally got the whole situation <laughs> settled and everyone who needed to be out of the room was out of the room. And your next group came in and yeah. we both just started laughing. Like, this is I, ridiculous. I'm this so glad there was another fun. adult to witness that, yes. whatever, yeah. that whatever that was. Whatever that was. <laughs> um, yes. The number of times Kim and I said that last year, like, I'm so glad you're in the room for those comments that were made. Right. Because it was really funny. Or right. Whatever. Crazy. And just to share. This yeah. is our life. Yep. <laughs> and to share, like, I've only ever co-taught. And so I can't imagine having a day where I didn't talk to another adult because yeah. I'm always with students, but also I have always been co-teaching. Um, and so to have just the, like, Oh, my other co-teacher and I are dealing with a situation with a kid who keeps trying to leave class early. And I'm like, I'm so glad there's two of us to tell him no. Because, like... <laughs> so it's not me every day. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Nose goes. Who's got this one? Rock, paper, scissors. Um, and that's nice, too, for the classroom management piece. Um, when we had our, like... Part of what's difficult sometimes when you have ESL students and an ESL teacher in a gen ed class is there can be a, like, those are your kids and these are mine distinction. Yeah. Um, 
which is true to an extent, but also awkward to be like, yeah, you know, well, if the ESL kids are misbehaving, then you need to take care of that. Yeah. Or if the non-ESL kids are misbehaving, I'd be like, no, that's not mine. Like, yeah. Hopefully it's when we had a, a, a full ESL English class <laughs> co-taught and we had, I mean, we had some kids again. They were juniors retaking freshman English, <laughs> those kinds of students. And we literally would be like, my co-teacher and I would like, you know, stand in the corner. And I'd be like, um, so I handled this kid last time. So I think it's your turn. <laughs> and there was, Thank you, right. yeah. And there was never like bad cop, good cop. It was just whose turn was it to be yeah. the bad cop? Um, he's already <laughs> mad at me today. So that's not going to go well. And she's like, I got it. <laughs> I'd be like, no, actually he and I are doing great today. So I'll take this one. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you can share the love, if you will. Right. Like you said, like a parenting situation where you can be like, oh, there is someone else, you know, hey, I tried talking to the student and we have a student in our freshman class where I'm like, yeah, she, I, this is my third time of the day seeing her and she has no interest in anything I have to say. Yeah. So she is on my caseload, but I don't think I'm going to have any effective discussion or yeah. <laughs> discourse with her. Yeah. So if you could handle that. <laughs> Like if you need accommodation suggestions, I can help. But personality-wise, yeah. there's nothing I can do here. Yeah, <laughs> and to have another adult in the room to do that with um, is really helpful. So next steps. What if you had to like sum it up? What's the one thing that co-teachers can do or can set as a goal? No pressure. Oh yeah, that <laughs> set as a goal for. Oh, Brittany, you <laughs> stumped me on this one. Well, the goal for the students or for the goal for the teachers? For the What were you looking for? For the teachers. One? So, like, my thought is, if you... Uh, give me a direction. It's too, too open for If me. you are someone who co-teaches and you yes. haven't had a chance to sit down with your co-teacher and talk about educational philosophy... Either yes. formally or informally. <laughs> to know, like, this is how, this is where I stand on things. You know, it's so hard because teaching is such um, a personal profession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the art versus the science of it. I mean, our content is what it is. And we've all chosen our, our preferences. But the art of it, I feel like, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, we are all professionals. Right. And so the expectation is we are here to help kids and do what's best for kids. Although you said at some point, spot on, we might have different viewpoints on what that is. And at the end of the day, ultimately, one person has to set the parameter. They've, it's got to mm -hmm. be that way. But it sure is nice if you can both decide on that same set of guidelines. And yeah. I don't have any good feedback or any <laughs> good um, responses with this just because in the conversations that I've had with you and not as much, I feel like we haven't talked as much about grading because maybe our kids have been more successful mm. um, perhaps than some of the conversations I had with the, the SPED teacher that I that I have co-taught with, but ultimately when she and I get down to the heart of it, it's where do we want this child, this learner to be? What is the ultimate goal and how do we get them there? So whether it be 
what level of accommodations on a test, how mm -hmm. far do we take this question on a summative, how far, what do we do about this disciplinary situation, whatever the case may be, we always look at the end goal and then work back from there. What is that? UBD? Reverse. Yeah. The understanding. Oh, backward design, I think backwards planning, some planning. people call it. You know, I, I feel like every seven to ten years there's like a different yeah. name for the same idea. But um, so I feel like it's, you can't change what a person's ultimate goal is. There are some educators who feel, by God, I want them to be able to memorize these facts and regurgitate them to yeah. me. Um, I ultimately, uh, one of my primary goals years ago was for students to struggle at something and see that when they struggle but persevere, they can be successful. Because that's a life skill that applies well beyond all the math right. that I realize full heartedly they're going to forget with me. <laughs> but they might remember that they really struggled with graphing a line but they practiced and then they failed a little and they practiced and they asked questions and they worked with their peers or they sought support and they stood up for themselves when they didn't get it and they asked. I mean, those are all life skills. That was always a big goal of mine. Um, in some classes, that's still a goal of mine, especially with my younger students. I know when Brittany and I have spoken with our, um, some of our older students, it's like, well, what? where do they go next year? What is the end? I guess we did meet about grading, now that I think about mm -hmm. it. And what would be the end goal for this student? Um, that would be, I guess, my biggest suggestion for a successful co-teaching relationship is to always, I guess, keep that end goal in mind. And, and maybe that's how you frame it. Like, well, my goal for this situation is that the student learns how to just interact with their peers in a positive way. Well, if their goal is to have the student get 90s on all their tests, well, your goals aren't going to align. Right. So you got to either split the difference or go with one of you and then realize that you're just, what is it, agree to disagree. Yeah. So I guess that would be my, my biggest piece yeah. of, of advice is with your fellow co-teacher, figure out what, when there, if there are repeated disagreements, figure out what is at the heart of what's the end goal of that disagreement. And yeah. if you can get to that being the same, if you both agree it's the same thing, there can be some respect and alignment of, okay, I now know where Brittany's coming from because she wants to be, she wants the same thing that I do. She has a different way, right. but at least then I know she wants the same thing. If we both don't want the same thing, well, somebody's got to make the call and then you have to just agree to go in that way. Right. One of the ways... Yeah, one of the ways, because sometimes it's hard to be like, what's the goal of this course? And then they'll be like, well, here's our, you know, what is it? Here's our curriculum. Here's yeah. our rubric. Or here's our curriculum. Our uh, syllabus. Our syllabus. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was trying to think Here's our syllabus. And you're like, okay, uh. but <laughs> um, one of the ways that I found to start this conversation, especially with co-teachers that I, I feel like are so content-oriented, is to find time, you know, after school or before school or on a work day and just be like, how do you feel like our class is going? Yeah. And a lot of times those discussions, without them realizing it, reveal what that co that teacher's goal is. Yeah. Um, so a teacher I taught with last year was always, always upset about attendance and um, student participation. And that he would tell you, you know, his goal is that all the kids understand the math, but that really was his, at his heart, was his goal was that kids were, you know, showing respect by showing up and participating. 
Okay, once I know that, then I can give some suggestions. Hey, can we do this in groups next time? And maybe you sit with, you know, a group and I'll sit with another group and we'll help some kids. So that instead of being ignored by the whole class, you can, <laughs> if your goal is that kids are, you know, respecting and paying attention to you, why don't you just try it with three? <laughs> like, and engaging with those three, which might have been better. Right. Yeah. Better for yeah. you. And then when we move to, you know, back to whole class instruction, those three students, you know, might have a better relationship. And so yeah. for me, that question of how do you think our class is going? A lot of times has, re- has helped reveal what that teacher's goal is. Yeah. Without me directly saying, what's the goal of this? And they're like, <laughs> we'll read the syllabus. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Here's a textbook. Um, has been really helpful. The other um, next step question I had. Aside, so not everyone has the privilege. I think it is a privilege. <laughs> not everyone thinks it's a privilege. Not everyone has the privilege to co-teach. Do you think there is value, and this can be a whole separate pod hour, and I know that. <laughs> but do you think there's value in collaborating with other teachers in general? Absolutely. The fees, you know, it was one of the driving forces beyond, behind me coming to this school because I had been a, a decade, I shared in the beginning, at another school was I think that there's a lot to learn about your craft from others. Mm-hmm. And it being in a larger environment here, there's a lot of other teachers. And in fact, the, the district or the school, I'm not sure if Primary course teams are a district-wide thing? It is. Okay. Um, Brittany is assuring me. So (laughs) the district has established that level of collaboration and literally earmarked time in the schedule without students in the building for us to work and collaborate together. Now, that's almost a marriage, like the perfect world, because we, we talk together, we plan together, we share what works and what doesn't work. But yeah. then we all get to do our own our own piece. That the art behind it is still our own. I think that it would be a little bit challenging co-teaching with another content level teacher because there wouldn't be that natural flow. That natural, um, I guess we'll say division of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Like because ultimately, when there are students in the classroom that um, are language learners, that are looking for help, Brittany ultimately does typically most of the time help them. Right. Um, like 99.9% of the time <laughs> I'm saying like the 1.01 maybe where, I don't know, there was something in the hallway she had to translate apparently. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but that that piece is really nice here. It's not as far as co-teaching, but it does afford a lot of that collaboration, which is really nice. So, like, you meet with all the other yes. Algebra One teachers. Specifically, I meet with all of the other Algebra One teachers once a week on Friday afternoons and then also once a month in addition to yeah. that. So we have, at minimum, five hours a month of just our team, just Algebra. We have specific goals. We gather data. We talk about the data. We talk about how we're implementing um, different techniques. I mean, there are so many nuances to math and then celebrating some of the successes and the really great ideas. We were just doing that just before we started this, um, before I came back to the room and did this podcast with Brittany. Uh, There's another teacher that's doing a really creative, like a card sort almost for systems of equations. I would have never thought of this idea, but because we were in his room doing something else and he was kind of pushing it around um, or moving it around his desk and I was being nosy, that 
stemmed an idea now that the other four teachers all said, oh, yeah, can you email us that list and we can create our own. So that kind of collaboration is really good. You know, I can't remember if I said absolutely yes, but I feel like co-teaching the same content without stepping on toes, it would be interesting. It would have to be very clearly defined mm -hmm. what that would look like between colleagues that have the same responsibility. Right. Do you know what like, I mean? Yeah, because at this point, I do not have a math degree. Yes. And so the actual literal math part of the course, yes. I have to default to you. Yes. And you are not bilingual. Yes. And so yes. when we talk about, you know, not even the, you know, I translate things in Spanish, but also, what was it? Oh, I don't even know. I think I came and told you. I don't know. One of the word problems, mm -hmm. one of our students, he, the computer translates it into Spanish. He's doing great independently. On the final. I can't remember what the word um, was, but I think you told no, me. No, on the final, no, on the final there was one. Just this week, though, oh, okay. he came and asked me in Spanish, what does it mean for a taco to be walking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because the, I thought the walking tacos question was really, like, you, current. It right. Was a, clever, a clever question. Like, oh, you go and order walking tacos. But when it translated into <laughs> Spanish for him, he was like, why would a taco be walking? <laughs> um, but that, you know, so then I tend to do those language pieces or the more, like I said, the more visual, you know, math application of, Let's break the whole thing down. Let's add, you know, when we're doing equations, like add the line down the middle. So, you yeah. know, if you do it on this side of the line, you do it on this side of the line. And now I have, you know, one of the students, like we do every time it says, or what do we have to draw first? And he knows to draw a line yeah. before we even start. Um, but especially in your, the classes we teach together, the math's a little more accessible for me. The other class, I have no idea how to find the absolute zeros yeah. of a trinomial. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And so that is very like, for the math questions, I have to default to my coworker. I think it would, it could be really difficult if you both are experts in your content area. Yeah. But I did do that when I co-taught English to say, no, oh, I have an English degree. Yeah. And, you know, we were reading Romeo and Juliet. I've read Romeo and Juliet. I know what this is about. Um, but that is a very different kind of partnership and can be tense. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of the things I love about collaboration for anybody is that I would hope as a professional, you are always wanting to learn new things. Um, for some teachers, they like the part of teaching where math stays the same yeah. year after year and they yeah. don't have to learn how to yeah. teach it again because <laughs> it's the same. Um, but... I would hope for most teachers, you would, as a teacher, be excited about how can I make this accessible for students? Mm -hmm. And your students change every year, which means how you do it has to change every year. Yeah. Um, and that collaboration piece can be really valuable to say, and you guys are like, you have a PCT where if you make something, you can share it. I'm the only person who teaches my English class. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's a lot of stuff that I make and I'm like, I'll go to the other ESL teachers and I'm like, I know you can't use this, but I'm just excited about it. Like, Let me tell you about this. Um, but the stuff like next week, my uh, the instructional coach is coming in to record two days of my class because I started a close reading process. And so he's going to come in and record my students running this process and then share it at a PD in the future so that other teachers who don't have time to come in and see what it looks like for me to teach close reading to ESL students mm -hmm. can access 
an example of what I do with ESL students in close reading. Um, and so that kind of collaboration, I'm hoping that will be valuable. I think it yeah. was. We got to see a clip from one of the psychology classes earlier this year. I don't oh. know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, um, I do. They didn't tell us, though, that yes. it was a Tremper teacher. Like, they didn't say this is a video of one of your coworkers. Yes. And it wasn't until, like, 20 minutes in that I was, or, like, partway through that I was yeah. like, wait, those are our students. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I appreciate admin, like, doing that where I'm like, oh, if I have questions about how this teacher did it, I know now who to talk to about it. Yeah. Um, but with collaboration and with co-teaching, there is a sense of you have to be willing to be vulnerable and share and yeah. you know, be right right yeah yeah to say you know what i'm doing for this close reading activity next week uh is not going to work for a math class yeah i'm not ever going to push it into a math yeah. class because it's it's not going to apply um but there is a sense of having to be vulnerable about hey i you know why did you do that activity that way I have no idea. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's what I did. And I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but it can only make you a better teacher. Um, in our one professional development this morning, they were talking about the three parts of teaching, which is the teacher, the content, and the student. And if you want to improve the educational experience, you have to improve one of those things, mm -hmm. but you can't drop one of any of them. Yep. And I think often the, the content gets more difficult and or the students get changed and the teachers don't adapt to it. Yeah. Which causes a lot of frustration for everybody. Yeah. So I think even if you don't have the privilege to co-teach, finding some ways to collaborate with other teachers can only be beneficial usually. Yeah. Pulling the best from that model, the best parts. Yeah. yeah. So, Reimagine Teaching is on all the podcast sites. We're also on Instagram at reimagine.teaching. Um, and you can follow us there for more um, content and discussion about these things. Thanks again, Dottie, for taking your afternoon <laughs> away I from prepping. The this is fun. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. If you um, follow us on Instagram, um, I'm excited to talk a lot more about co teaching. If you do co teach, are interested in what that looks like, like I said, this will be my seventh year co-teaching, um, but I do think it's um, such a cool opportunity for teachers and students alike. So thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.